Welcome to the Mission Driven Mom podcast. This podcast is for moms just like you who want to learn how to glorify God through finding and embracing true principles, discovering and developing your greatest gifts, and using them to serve your family and community. Hey there. Thank you for joining me today. I was running an online class recently, and we were talking about, I think about emotional health and and how we stay positive and control our thoughts and things like that. And I had a really interesting experience because one of the students started asking me specifically, like, you know, what did I do to try to stay positive and look at the good in my life and things like that. And I proceeded to tell her several actions that I take daily and weekly that help me to stay in an upbeat, more positive frame of mind, which usually works, but I still sometimes get down and struggle and have to figure out what's going on with myself and work it through. And I could tell that she was really surprised by what I said, because it was clear that I wasn't just saying, well, it just happens and you get to this point where it's just, you're always in a good mood and everything. It was clear that I put in a lot of conscious effort to accomplish things and to feel good about myself and to stay in a positive frame of reference. So I've been thinking about that experience a lot. And I've been thinking about this book that we have called Goals by Brian Tracy and some really awesome things that I learned in that book. And so I want to talk for the next few minutes about how it is that we can accomplish what we want to accomplish and how we can kind of stay on this path of positive upward progression. You know, there'll be some dips, but we want the overall graph to show an upward trajectory, right? And and so I, I want to share some things with you from that book and from some other books and some personal experiences to give you some tips and some tools for your own goal setting. Yeah, but kind of the bigger picture is starting to head more in a direction of where you really want to head. Brian Tracy tells this story. He says, when I was 21, I was broke and living in a small one room apartment in the middle of a very cold winter, working on a construction job during the day. In the evening, I usually couldn't afford to go out of my apartment where at least it was warm. So I had a lot of time to think. One night as I sat at my small kitchen table, I had a great flash of awareness that changed my life. I suddenly realized that everything that would happen to me for the rest of my life was going to be up to me. No one else was ever going to help me. No one was coming to the rescue. I was thousands of miles from home with no intentions of going back for a long time. I saw clearly at that moment that if anything in my life were going to change, it would have to begin with me. If I didn't change, Nothing else would change. I was responsible. I still remember that moment. It was like a first parachute jump, both scary and exhilarating. There I was, standing on the edge of life, and I decided to jump. From that moment onward, I accepted that I was in charge of my life. I knew that if I wanted my situation to be different, 
I would have to be different. Everything was up to me. I later learned that when you accept complete responsibility for your life, you take the giant step from childhood to adulthood. Sadly enough, most people never do this. I have met countless men and women in their 40s and 50s who are still grumbling and complaining about earlier unhappy experiences and still blaming their problems on other people and circumstances. Many people are still angry with some something that one of their parents did or did not do for them 20 or 30 or even 50 years ago. They are trapped in the past and they can't get free. So I really loved that simple image of here's a young man. He's kind of starting out his life. He's at his, I don't know, maybe his first kind of real job trying to pay his own bills and make his own way. And, you know, maybe he had a a lot of thoughts of, yeah, how am I going to get out of this job I don't like? How am I going to get out of this little tiny apartment that's so cramped? And he realizes no one's coming to the rescue. Even though our parents love us and our spouses love us and our friends love us, at the end of the day, they are just so very limited in their ability to really impact how our life turns out. We really are responsible for what we make of ourselves and our lives. And even though they may do things that hurt and harm us, ultimately, we we just have to be the ones that get up off the couch and decide to make things different. And, you know, there's a lot of like positive motivational theory stuff out there. And I don't want you to think I'm kind of another one of those empty cheerleaders. But I do want to talk to you about the regular hard work that it is to be with somebody that you want to live with. That's something that I think I've mentioned um, in previous podcasts that I talk about regularly because we will be with ourselves for the rest of our lives until the day we die. And I really want to like that person I wake up to every morning. That's me. So we have this opportunity to take responsibility for our own lives, right? And to decide that we're going to make something of it that we want it to be. And of course, the minute we start to think along those lines, we have a tendency to look out into the world and say, okay, well, what's out there then? You know, what is it? What is it that I can do? What is it that I can accomplish? What is it that I can obtain? And I don't know about you. I see this a lot in myself and I see it in a lot of uh, women, especially because the common theme as I'm reading these, you know, success books or, or goal books or whatever, whatever the case might be. And, and ironically, the same holds true when I like read scripture that I, I keep getting this message that I'm going to get what I desire most. In fact, in lots of this success literature, the the terms that are most often used are passion and burning desire, which are both just very intense ideas that you have a passion or a burning desire. Um, You know, my faith tells me I am going to get what I really desire the very most. 
And that true principle is reflected in the world. People who have obtained things in life that they're proud of will tell you that they intensely desired that they had a burning desire or a passion for that thing and they managed to accomplish it. So here's where I have a struggle and maybe you do too. I'm, I'm in this world. I want to get off, off the couch. I want to take responsibility for my life. I want to be more than I am. You know, in fact, I'm going to read you this line from Brian Tracy because I really like how he says it. It's so true. He says, um, the truth is that you probably have more natural potential than you could use if you lived 100 lifetimes. Whatever you have accomplished up until now is only a small fraction of what is truly possible for you. Now, that's, that's true metaphorically. It's true spiritually. Um, it's also true scientifically been proven that we use very little of our potential. We use very little of our brain power. And so we know that we, no one's going to come rescue us and that we are responsible for our own lives. And as responsible agents, we want to make something wonderful of our lives. We see, we accept emotionally the fact that we do have untapped potential and that um, we our, our lives can be more than they are. So then we hit this moment where we say, okay, so what I'm supposed to do here then, now that I've had all these realizations, is I'm supposed to have this passion or this burning desire for what, okay? And 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 the issue here becomes, this is what everybody's going to tell you, whether you watch YouTube videos or you go to success conferences or you read positive motivational literature, they're going to tell you that you have to decide what you want. Now, for a long time, those words to me were very scary and intimidating. What I want. Now, I having having been raised um, Christian and having ha- had that be a, a, a very big part of my life always so far, and here I am, you know, getting close to 50, That's a lot of years of, you know, learning about what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. And there's a lot of not supposed to do's in there, right? I have this mindset that I'm not supposed to want what I want. That what I want is earthly, it's worldly, it's selfish, it's wrong, uh, it's bad, and therefore I'm I'm supposed to want something else. I'm supposed to, from a religious standpoint, I'm supposed to want what God wants. Okay, that's fine. That's a little bit helpful to think about it that way. And in terms of my moral code or or things like that, that, that that's easy to distinguish. I I don't want to have an affair, <laughs> and God doesn't want me to have an affair, so wills really coincide there. It's a good match. Now, what about other stuff? What about the little stuff? You know, what about the day-to-day stuff? There's some things I know. Uh, he wants me to talk to him. He wants me to learn about him. Um, he wants me to try to emulate him. Okay, that's good. I'm going to try to be a good person. I'm going to try to be nice to people. I'm going to try to grow and all that. But, but like how? What does that really mean day to day? How, how like, 
you know, when I get up in the morning, what's the translation of, okay, I, I, I prayed and stuff. Now what? I, I've got another, I don't know, you know, 16 and a half, 15 and a half more hours to fill. I ought to pay attention to my family. I'll do that. And so I, I, I'm really like, I have, I have, I have an obedient soul. Like I was an obedient kid. I, I, I like to feel good. I like to do what I, what is right, what I deem as right. But sometimes the to do's and the how to's aren't quite so concrete. And so I go out into the success literature, right? Into the quote world. And I say, what? Okay. I'm supposed to have a burning desire for something. What's, what's the burning desire or the passion? Uh, whatever I want. (laughs) And I feel lost all over again. Um, because I think, because for me, it's kind of like, well, is what I want okay? I, I read this book several years ago called um, The Science of Getting Rich. It's actually the book that catapulted that that movie that they did, The Secret. And Wallace Waddles says some amazing things. I think it's helpful to know that he said it 100 years ago when we were still predominantly kind of a Christian nation. And he's a Christian and he's definitely got kind of a Christian worldview back of it. So he, I think he wants to you to use a religious framework, a God-centered framework for interpretation. And, and so, you know, he talks about the universe and the all, and he kind of used that cause, uses that cosmic humanist language. So it gets, it gets a little cosmic-y and humanistic. Um, the point is, he says several times, you need to wa- think the thoughts you want to think. And I'm thinking, boy, you know, danger zone, like... <laughs> That is, that is, whoa, that's scary to go out there and say to people, just think what you want to think, do what you want to do, uh, within what bounds, you know what I mean? Um, and, and so, okay, we've got, we've got a religious framework, super helpful. Um, in my life experience, I've got the true principles as the framework. And really this is where it starts to come together for me. Um, and it starts to really make more sense within the framework of natural law. And as long as I'm adhering to true principles, it's all free game. Because anytime I'm obedient to true principles, I'm going to be pleasing God because they're his laws and he just wants me to be true to them. And there's a million ways I can live those true principles. So that really kind of brings things in, you know, the, the, the religious perspective helps kind of with the moral component, the true principles help with a lot of the application confusion. Um, but it still can be tough to know what I want and to allow myself to want what I want, to be okay with what I want, to think it's, it's right to want what I want. And I've had this conversation with my husband several times and and, and we had this conversation that went like this. I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm struggling to set goals. I'm struggling to know exactly, you know, what I, what I could do, maybe what I should do. Now, of course, in the Mission Driven Mom program in the MDM Academy, there's, it, it, that program is designed to help you hone in even better, right? Because there's all these self-discovery activities and there's all these self-management activities that help you really 
create a better framework for what your goals could be and sh- and shed light on areas of your life that that might need work or whatever. So it definitely is super helpful there. But for me, here I am, you know, I know my talents. I know some of the things that I want. I can struggle to know how to get there. Here's a perfect example. I'm really busy with MDM in this podcast. Um, I've been lagging along, taking my sweet time with this master's degree. I've got to finish it up. You know, the the, the MDM Academy's got to be finished. So clearly I know some things I need to do. I have some goals that are clearly set in front of me. I'm, I'm really busy. So I'm asking myself, should I take a painting class? And I'm asking all these questions that turn that question into a moral question. (laughs) Instead of saying, wow, sounds fun to take an art class, let's do it. I turn it into this heart-wrenching, emotional struggle about right and wrong. (laughs) Asking myself, you know, um, is it okay? you know, to spend my time that way, it blah, blah, blah. Shouldn't I be doing other more quote worthy things? And, and so there again, an understanding of leisure time and the importance of leisure time, which is also in the Academy, super helpful. But the point I want to get to is this. I'm having this conversation with my husband. We're talking about different things like this. And finally he says, okay, what are some things that you want? I said, okay, well, I want to take my family on a humanitarian trip. I want to get uh, settled into a home because we're going to have to move again this year, which is not my favorite. Um, but I want to do that. I, 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 I want to develop my artistic ability. Not that I think there is a whole lot there, but it's super relaxing for me. I want to, you know, I, I'm naming off some stuff. I want to start a, a fund for scholarships for kids that want liberal educations. I want to go to more plays. I want to go to the symphony more. And he's like, he just kind of, he just kind of stares at me. He's like, uh, there's not one thing on that list that I don't think God would think was fantastic. Like, I think if you read that list off to him, he'd just kind of applaud and say, well done. That sounds like a great list do it. And, you know, there's this part of me that's like, oh, I got to balance home. You know, the mom thing, I got to balance home and the goals and what I want with what the kids want and all that kind of stuff. It's tricky. You know, it's like as moms, it's like we're walking this tightrope, um, this balance between what we need, what our kids need, and then what we want and what they want. And, and what's the balance? And I, I don't know all the answers to all the do's and don'ts on that, you know, priority list there. I would guess that none of you are on the, you're doing too much for yourself list, maybe. Probably not. But I want to touch on a few things that I read in a couple of these books that have been helpful to me. The framework of natural law and principles is most important. And giving yourself permission to want what you want is second most important. Those have been the two probably most helpful things to me is to recognize that because I earnestly try to uncover and live according to true principles, and because I try to be a moral person and be connected to God, I have to just, there's a, there's a place in there where I just have to trust that my wants are coming from someplace good. 
that I'm trying to be a good person and that I'm trying to have God with me. And therefore there kind of is this place where you could say, and this is, this is, this is part of kind of what Wallace Waddles and others say that God wants to express himself through you and that these desires are coming from him, right? That I need to trust that I have these desires for a reason and that I need to trust that those desires are good. They're good things to do. And there, therefore they will lead to good things. And, and honestly, now I've lived long enough to be able to look back and realize there were so many times when I questioned myself in the past and I went ahead and did it, whether it was my bachelor's degree or writing a course or going and speaking somewhere, I still was there being a mama, making my family come first, but I'm so grateful I did it. And I developed these talents and gifts and it was such a blessing to me and, and, and people have said, you know, that it's blessing their lives. So there's this place where you have to settle in and trust yourself that what you want is what God wants because you're worthy, because you're seeking, because you're a good person and the things you want are good things to want. So once you know what you want and you know that it's a good thing to want and you give yourself emotional permission and emotional space to want what you want. I, I don't know if you're like me, but that's a leap of faith. But I'm hoping that, you know, as I'm reminding myself and reminding you of this truth, that it will really stick with us and we will continue to remind ourselves when it's a good thing, God wants it too. And you know, the extension of that is, and here's the equation for me. I'm worthy. Therefore, what I want is what God wants. Therefore, he will help me get what I want. And I know that you have to put this in the right context and you need to leave God in the equation because otherwise you're just this humanist that's out there trying to, I don't know, like it just kind of promotes selfishness, right? Like I don't want to be that person that's telling you be this reckless mama that that puts everything, you know, throws caution to the wind and goes after her wildest dream at the expense of her family. We don't want that, but I feel like we hold back so much that there's this space where if we were wanting what we wanted and setting that example, showing our children that they can have emotional permission to want what they want and know that God wants that too and know that, know that that means that he's gonna help them get what he wants, we would have a lot of emotional relief and I think we'd just be a lot happier. So with that as a backdrop, let's spend the last few minutes that we're together on some of the um, mechanics of being able to set some goals, make some plans for ourselves that will be lasting. I'm gonna put some of this stuff in the notes for you so that you can refer back to it and hopefully it will be helpful for you. First of all, Brian Tracy basically shows us that once we know what we want, that's really the biggest struggle, uh, there's really just a few things that need to be in place he says our goals and everybody, everybody agrees on this, these first few for sure that you have to know what you want. You have to have a burning desire or a passion and you need to have clarity. The more clear the goal, the better. This is why people tell you to visualize because the more crystal clear it is, the more likely you are to help um, attract those things to you. Now, this is how I think part of this works. 
there is a law of attraction. That is a true principle. That's a real thing in this world because faith is one of the most real powers in the universe. And so um, it, we really do attract to ourselves. But I think part of that is what's going on inside us. The more I'm thinking about something, the more I see it. It's very simply manifest when we buy a new car and we never noticed that everybody else seems to own the same car as we do. I mean, you notice them on the road all day long. Wow, everybody's got a Ford Explorer, right? Because you have one and you're aware of it and you're thinking about it and you're riding in it. And so the more your goal is clear, the more you will notice the little things that people say, the things that you see, the books on the shelf that will guide you to the answers of how to get there. Most everybody agrees that goals are best written down and that they really need to be measurable, preferably with a time frame, so that you can know whether or not you reached your goal, you know, to say, I'm going to be kinder. Well, that's nice and you can give it a go, but it's not going to really last, you know? And so thinking through, okay, this is what I really want. Then you need to try to, first of all, you need to write it down. You need to make it uber clear. And then you need to be able to measure it somehow and know when you've accomplished it. Like, what's the fun of having goals and going to the effort of setting them if you don't get to have the joy of reaching <laughs> and being able to, you know, check it off and brag about it? So that that's how we know we have a good quality goal. Now, here's a couple really fantastic. Um, well, let me read this one to you. I love how they put it. It says, all of our thoughts tend to materialize in our lives when they are repeated enough. This is why in order to succeed, we have to monitor our thoughts closely. If we continually focus on financial troubles, we invite them to stay. Wherever you focus your attention, wherever you put your energy, that is what will grow. Okay. And, you know, of course, that's that's from Mark Fisher, um, How to Think Like a Millionaire. This is back to Brian Tracy. Many thousands of successful people have been asked what they think about most of the time. The most common answer given by successful people is that they think about what they want and how to get it most of the time. Unsuccessful, unhappy people think and talk about what they don't want most of the time. They talk about their problems and worries and who is to blame most of the time. So we're on this spectrum somewhere, right? Like maybe we're maybe we're in the middle place. We kind of know what we want. We kind of have some topes and dreams. We don't turn them into written down, measurable, time-framed goals. So then we kind of move toward them because we think about them some of the time and we don't really get a lot worse, but we don't really get where we want to go. So everybody agrees. I could give you a dozen other references. You will get what you focus on. Where your energy goes is what you get. So this is surround yourself with this burning desire. Put pictures up of it. Uh, put Write it down up on, on, on your board at home. Talk about it. Think about it all day long and think about how you can attain it. I want to I want to I want to finish up by talking about let me let me read this from Zig Ziglar really quickly. He has some types of goals which I think is helpful and I'll put these in the notes for you as well. Um because goals is a tricky thing to think about because precisely because of this. 
And I've talked to my husband about this a lot because he's a huge goal setter. And he'll tell me like, it'll be like the, for the fourth time today, reach another goal. I'm like, that's not a goal if you can reach four in a day. <laughs> okay. But this is what Zig Ziglar says. Some goals must be big to make you stretch and grow to your full potential. Some goals must be long range to keep you on track and greatly reduce the possibility of short range frustrations. Some goals must be small and daily to keep you disciplined and in touch with the reality of nitty gritties of daily life. Some goals must be ongoing. Some goals might require analysis and consultation to determine where you go before you set the goal. Most goals should be specific. So they're kind of like all goals. What I do is I say the big stuff is the goal and the other stuff is the tasks. So my task, daily task of reading scripture never goes away. It's ongoing. My three times a week of exercise is ongoing. But there are some tasks, many tasks that I do that are leading me to specific goals. Right now I'm finishing up my last couple classes on my master's degree and getting my project together. And so that's a bunch of tasks that I'll reach some big goals this year that I have been working toward, but haven't been as conscientious and as focused. So I want to finish up by telling you some, some things that I do to help me reach my goals on a daily and weekly and monthly basis. Because again, going back to the beginning here, um, just like this woman in, in this class that I was teaching, you might look at people who seem to have some things that you want and think that those things magically happen for them. And you don't see behind the scenes. You don't see all of the effort that goes into that. So I sat with myself. I do this every year and think about the coming year and what things I'd really like to accomplish. And not always at the beginning of the year, if I didn't really, if, if I copped out on some of them or if, if life circumstances change such that I need to change my goals mid-year, then, then I do. My goals aren't necessarily always annual. They're just kind of what's coming up. So I have some big long-term, like, like Zig Ziglar was saying, some long-term goals. One of them is for MDM. And it's an image of a banquet that we will hold hopefully in the next year or two. And I see what it looks like. I print it off. I, I researched for several hours and found pictures of just the kind of banquet that I want it to be. It will be part of a bigger event that we hold. Um, it will be called the MDM celebration event and we will have speakers and breakout sessions. We'll have meetups where students from all over can meet each other and we will have a formal dinner with, um, with, with some inspiring speakers and graduates from the program will also speak to the moms in the program. I know exactly what we're going to do there. I've thought it all out. I've written it out many times. I have pictures up that I look at of what that banquet looks like and, and how, how, how we're going to feel, how I'm going to feel, how the board's going to feel, how the women are going to feel, all the, the hugs and the happy reunions that will go on as we meet each other. And so that's a long-term goal. But some of the tools I've talked about there are things that I use a lot. So here's some things that I use. I have a whiteboard where I have goals written up, some of my long-term goals, but also some of these shorter this year goals. I know exactly what my goals are for this year. They're written up. I'm going to accomplish them at different times in the year. I thought I wouldn't finish my degree till the end of the year, but I've moved it up and think I can finish sometime in the summer. And so as I push and work on them, then they get closer, right? I also, like I was saying, put up pictures. 
I also use voice memos on my phone. I actually found a few years ago that this is very, very helpful for me to hear myself motivating myself. So when I'm in a really good place and I'm really excited, or sometimes I will write out what the vision imagery is that I want to portray to myself. I try to keep them somewhat short so that it doesn't take forever to listen to them. And sometimes I'll write it down and say it, or sometimes I feel really excited or really moved or really motivated. And so I'll speak into my voice memo. And then I go a step further and I have alarms that go off throughout the day that remind me to listen to my vision um, statements. I can't remember what I called them. And I I have that three times a day. I also have a a vision statement that I listen to right before I go to bed to help me get up in the morning because I'm trying to get up earlier this year than I've ever gotten up before. And that's rough. Uh, because I want to accomplish some things when the world is asleep that I can't do during the day. So I use a lot of tools. And these are some of the things I told this woman about that I'm very conscientious um, about what it is that I'm trying to do. And like some really positive things have happened already just in the last week in terms of what is exciting to me with in terms of of sales in the academy and feedback that we're getting and things that the students are doing that are super motivating to me. So I'm going to go in later tonight and make and record another vision statement for myself of those things to just continually re-motivate myself. Sometimes I'll read journal entries. I use a prayer journal. So I'll read through things that I wrote down there. I'll check them off, take to-do lists down when I'm praying. Um, that kind of thing. So I, I, I'm just kind of throwing a lot of ideas out there to you. I also use my screensaver on my phone to capture images that inspire me or quotes I want to remember, uh, that, that move me and keep me motivated. And this is an ongoing thing. Like these change regularly and I kind of change with the changing, um, like inspiration that comes. And I try to move with that while still holding true to that original goal that I've set. So that's a little bit about goals, reaching your potential, trying to really make more of yourself and be that responsible adult that you really want to be like Brian Brian Tracy was talking about. Remember that those that set goals achieve the very most. I'll, I'll finish up with this really cool, Brian Tracy cites this study that was done at Harvard where they took students and they interviewed them when they were graduating from Harvard and asked them, do you have a set, clear, written goal for your future and have you made plans to accomplish those goals? 3% of the students had written goals and plans. 13% had goals but hadn't written them down. And 84% didn't have any specific goals at all. They followed up 10 years later. After 10 years, the 13% who had goals but hadn't written them down were earning twice as much as the 84% that had no goal. And guess what? The 3% of graduates who had clear written goals when they left Harvard were earning on average 10 times as much as the other 98% of the graduates all together. 
Now that really is an important statistic because we're talking about 3% and that 3% is usually about as much of the, you know, three to 10% really make most things happen. So put yourself in that 3% category, the three to 10% that really are the mover than the shakers, then accomplish, know what they want and accomplish what they want because they write down clear goals and they use the tools that they need to use to accomplish those goals. You can do it. You're amazing. Write those goals down and use all those tools to become the very best you. Thanks so much for listening. Go get your free copy of The Mission Driven Life at themissiondrivenmom.com if you don't have one, and I will see you next time.